Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Serving While Being Served. I am your host with the most, and I'm so grateful and overjoyed to be coming back with you guys for episode two of season three. That's my starting voice. Don't y'all love it? It sounds so professional. Um, You know, I'm just going to get down to the nitty gritty. You know, I love to give you guys days. First of all, I miss you also very much. And, you know, I have to tell you before we get into the word, thank you for all of your support. Thank you for listening to me, regramming me, sending me awesome DMs. If you are not a part of my Instagram family, it is nurse underscore Monroe. I am not as active currently um, as I normally am. But we're going to get into all of that today because today we're going to share a word and we're also going to kind of mend it with a real life story time. And I just thought that this topic would be so appropriate for where I am in my season and my transition in my life. And this is what serving while being served is all about me serving you while I may or may not be in the best or brightest time or season of my life. And that's just what it's all about. You can you can be so much to someone when you're feeling like you really are so little. Um, you just never know. And every part and every aspect of our life is a testimony um, and a great one, a great testimony that you need to share with others because it can help and move them and push them in the right direction. So on that note, I love to tell you guys dates. Today's date is July the 11th. It is a beautiful Sunday here in my home in Northern Georgia. And I am just, you know, I'm just in a really great place. Um, But I have had a very, very rough week. So um, I had a pre-recorded episode that I was going to release last week. But um, some things happened in my life and um, I just wasn't myself and I just did not feel that episode was appropriate and I needed to be as transparent as I could be with you guys because this is what the word that God put on my heart and I have to put this on yours. So um, the episode two, it's going to be losing myself to find myself a love story. Don't we just love a love story? Um. I decided to call it a love story because it is involving, it's always going to be the narrator, the orchestrator, um, the dictator of it all. It's going to always be our father. God is always going to be God. He is the head of my ship, um, the uh, my household ship, my husband's ship. He's just, he just runs everything. He's the boss man. He's the big boss, big boss. So, um, you know, Losing myself to find myself. Most people, when you say losing yourself, they automatically be like, this about to get emotional. This about to be something. Oh, Lord, what don't happen now, Father Jesus? Oh, here go a, a story. Um, but most of us don't understand the importance of us losing oneself or feeling that you're losing the self that you have become so accustomed to. Accustomability. I may be making, you know, I love making me up. <laughs> But it's all good, girl. Just sitting there and kind of molding, um, and kind of um, I'm a tourist, so I like I like it to be the same all the time. I don't really like to spice it up. I, I when I spice it up, I get nervous because I feel like I'm losing control of whatever situation it is. So complacency, I like it to be the same. I I like, you know, you to make my French toast the same way. I like to go to the same restaurants. And that is a gift and a curse. That is something that I am working on and growing on through. But that's kind of what it is, complacency. And, um, and, and, And that's when you start to tell yourself, I'm losing myself. 
When things are changing, when it's no longer the same, when you don't feel comfortable, when you don't really know how to categorize your feelings, when you cry, when you kind of feel fat, when you're hungry, but you're not really hungry, when you kind of want to stay in a relationship, but you kind of don't, when you don't know what's going on with your marriage, when your kids kind of all over the place, you know, you feel like you're losing yourself. You feel like you're losing control. You don't have control of the situation. You don't know if you're going to get a bad phone call. You don't know if it's going to be an argument. You don't know if, you know, the, the, the job is going to work out. You don't know if you're going to get the deal. So automatically you go into fight or flight. Us nurses know what fight or flight is. That is when your nervous system goes into survival mode. So that's what you go into. You always are going to go into that a mental fight or flight and you you start to panic. And um, some of us deal with it differently. Some of us, you know, you know, cope in other ways. But I'm starting to learn um, that when I feel that I may be losing myself, that I really need to be finding myself in God. So, you know, when I feel like I am not having control of this situation, I'm actually losing control to get control of a situation that God really wants me to be in. How is that? So when I feel like I don't know what is going on, I really am getting ready to know what's going on. And it's about to be really good. And it's about to get me into my purpose and put me where I need to be. So when you're losing yourself, you're really finding yourself and the love story and, and the person is making this a love story and not even a person, the, the everything that's making this a love story is going to be Father God. So if you are losing yourself, you need to be finding yourself in your religion. You need to be sitting down with God and having a discussion and figuring things out. You cannot find yourself in other humans in the flesh. I don't, I kind of, you know. I don't know. I never thought that I could find myself in people. I've always been very self-sufficient and I always speak whenever I speak to women, whenever I encounter people on an everyday basis, colleagues, associates, I always preach and I always speak into them self-sufficiency. I always want you to be self-sufficient. And the reason I want you to be self-sufficient is because when you get to rely on other people, when you get, and we've talked about this before, but when you get to jumping into other people and telling other people what's going on and bringing them in, you know, this is when things get real loose and you really start like losing control of this situation because not only are you having some internal issues now you have external factors that are playing and it is and it's really not making the situation any better so when you are in this little basket I like to call it a little basket when you are in this basket I really want to call it a basket of bullshit but you know I'm working on my cousin but when you are there you do not need to be leaning on, on anyone on the outside. You need to be looking at it in the most positive way you can and be like, Nurse Monroe said, it is a love story in this. I need to find the love story. I need to find the romance in this situation. And I also need to find me some guy. And that is where I'm going to find my control. When I feel like, you know, things are not working out in my favor, things, you know, some things, my life has... I, don't, I wouldn't even say that I've, I've it's flipped upside down, but things, I felt like I was losing control. I feel like I didn't have control of a, over a situation, particularly with my body. And as a woman, you know, when you don't feel like you have control over your body, like that's the most anxiety that I think as a woman that we have. Like when you, especially, you know, when you feel like you can't control your emotions, when you feel like somebody is throwing your emotions off, when you feel like every time you encounter somebody, you kind of feeling all over the place as a woman that, 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 that's a, that's a, that's a moment for us. You know, we go do a lot there. So those times, um, you know, when I would have those moments, I used to compensate in other areas. Um, which I'm still working on. I would do a lot of shopping. Um, you know, I, I would, I would do, I would kind of, you know, sometimes I will socially drink. Sometimes I would, um, you know, go out and eat. 
Um, and even though those aren't relying on a human, those are still relying on very humanistic, very earthly, very worldly. You know, I love the word worldly, worldly things. So I've, I've tried to turn that off and, and turn on my more spiritual aspect and turn on my more earthly, my more universal, my more energy aspect. And when I am, you know, losing control or feel like I'm losing control or feel like I'm not myself or things are changing, I, I try to bring myself into the place of I, it's molding me into who I need to be and where I need to be. This is all a part of my testimony. When you look at a loss as it's going to be a gain in some way, it's so much more easier for you to deal with, for you to cope, and for you to really understand, okay? When you look at a loss as a loss, it's like you're going to completely, you so busy categorizing it as a loss or losing, you don't even understand it may be a lesson somewhere twirled up in there. And uh, and God tends to, you know, he tends to kind of hit us with repeat lessons, um, you know, I'm not a fan. I don't think you're a fan either of, of, of repetitively getting the same lesson over. I've gotten a couple, a few, a thousand <laughs> of them over and over again. So, you know, I've learned that in order for me to not repetitively go through the same foolishness over and over again, um, I need to stop, drop and, <laughs> and roll myself somewhere and sit down and really analyze and figure out what's going on. I need to stop my emotions. Okay, you know, I need to stop them. I need to drop down the anxiety substantially. Okay, and I need to roll myself somewhere quiet and figure out really what's going on. Um, that's the best way. And that that really is the boss way of dealing with things. That really is the way of a, of a successful person, someone that you see that's truly, really successful. And my definition of successful is spiritually successful, financially, family. I mean, in all areas, they got it. They got it together and they're transparent. They're also letting me know, I, you know, it may look like I got it together, but it's kind of it may be a little raggedy in certain areas. And all I can thank you and tell you is this, it's just all God. Those are my successful people because you have to understand success does not lie in being perfect perfection to me, you know, because nobody is perfect. So when you are a transparent person, when I see you growing, when I see you going, moving, when I see you sharing and when I see you actually pouring into people, you know, those are successful people. So truly successful people that I have been around. I've known that I look up to that. I listen to that me, my personally, I get the word from pastors, you know, rappers, you know, I'm, I'm very culture baby. So I get it from all over because God uses so many different people. But those people who I label as successful, always I've noticed are people who are capable of doing stop, drop and roll whenever they are dealing with any uncontrollable life situation. They are capable of just being quite, it's, it's quite magical to see coming from somebody who be crying and rolling and carrying on and, and it's the end of the world and, you know, having a brat attack. It's wonderful to see. Someone that is actually going through something that will actually take the average person down who is not where they need to be in their spiritual journey. So that's why it's imperative to me that I let you know that is a part of getting to where you need to be spiritually. You need to be able to lose yourself, but find yourself all at the same time. And it sounds very confusing because I still don't understand it myself. Okay. <laughs> 
I'm still working on it, but you have to be able to, when you are having a moment that it, that's all over the place, when you are dealing with a loss, when you are dealing with a death, when you are dealing with things you truly don't understand, you know, a plan that didn't work out, a child is not listening, a marriage is not working, a relationship is wrong. Anything that you're dealing with, you need to do a stop, drop and roll and you need to roll yourself and find you some God and talk and understand his word and really figure it out internally first before you get to bringing any external aspects into the into the equation and this is a peacekeeping mechanism (laughs) this this is this is a peacekeeping mechanism for myself people don't really understand this with me I think people think more so that I am I isolate myself But over the course of me growing into the beautiful woman that I am today, baby, I um, have learned to, I learned at a very young age to stop talking to people, period. I learned it at a very young age. I encountered very gossipy, very hurt, broken women. And it's not their fault. They just been through a lot and they, they haven't healed yet. And they were young. And a lot of us ain't healed when they're young. But, you know, I would I would think that these females would be my friends and I will be, you know, transparent. And that's the that's the reason why me making friendships now is is a little bit more. I don't you we don't use hard around here. We use difficult. It's difficult because I'm so transparent. And I always felt like when it comes to a friend, I should not have to censor what the hell I got going on. I should not have to give you like a, a dumbed down version. Or I shouldn't have to give you like the half of the narrative like, well, you know, he cheated, but I can't really, I should be able to tell you the full blown story. And I don't feel that this information is going to be leaked. I don't feel like I'm going to be judged. I don't feel like you're going to sit down and use this to hurt me in another way. So, you know, those were things that I dealt with and I'm, and I'm healing now as, as you know, in my thirties from these things, you know, I didn't realize that. Um, you know, the, some of the, you know, just a little off topic, but on friendships is some of the issues that I had with females when I was younger was something that I had never healed from. Like, I didn't think that it was a healable situation. Cause you know, I'm just so I'm, you know, I'm lit. So it's like, my attitude is very like, I don't need none of you peeps. So, you know, I like beeping my own words out. So, you know, I never thought it was a healable situation. Cause I'm like, I mean, since it's your loss, you, you know, you did some, you did some shady boo stuff. And I've always been very big on knowing God will fight my battles. Even when I wasn't, you know, into, you know, spiritually into it. I've always had a very strong group in the church, you know, not as much as I should have, but I knew I was a God fearing child, teenager, early twenties, you know, and now I'm going into where I am now, but I always knew that God was going to fight my battles. And I always knew that me getting them back would not be the energy that I would want back. Like, I don't need to do that. That's God. Because you know what it was when I was younger, God did it. So it's, it's like, I don't know. And that's how I knew that I was anointed and I was in, in some shape or form because it would work so fast. And I would be like, dang, he got them back like quick. And it wouldn't even be a good back. It would be a lesson that would be taught to them so quickly so that's why in a younger in my early 20s I learned when people did things to me that most people would want to fight cuss scream do a get back with I didn't do it because I already knew that God was right around the corner he spent a block for me poo he on his way <laughs> so I wouldn't even I really wouldn't even say anything and, and to this day I, ca- I carry myself like that you know I know that's what he's gonna do and I want him to do that because a lot of times the behavior even if it comes on to me it's been some times that he's had to spend the block for me too I've had to learn some things I've done some things to people that you know wasn't too favorable wasn't wasn't the best thing to do that was more so selfish or beneficial to me and I had to learn lessons too we all have but 
you know, you got to appreciate the fact that you have um, a relationship with a God that when he spins the block, it's never truly a whooping. You know, it's never a beat down. It's always a soft lesson. That's why I say when you feel you're losing yourself, you never, ever really losing yourself. I think we're just so dramatic, which I am, Pooh, very dramatic. And, and I'm never going to stop being dramatic. That's who I am. It's lit here. I like to be dramatic. Let me do my thing. So I've learned that we're extra dramatic and we overdo things. And a lot of times things are not as bad as they really could be. And I think in this last week, what I've two weeks, what I've gone through and what I'm going to probably continually be going through or going through or move through, you know, cause it's, it's going to be a transition and it's something I'm going to have to, I'm growing from it. So definitely a lesson in it. And, you know, I, I honestly feel like that God has been showing me situ how my situation could have played out in such a worse way. And it makes me so grateful that I, for my situation, it even went bad. See, that's the thing. That's that's kind of what got to do. Like when you think your injury isn't as bad, you know, your injury is life changing as bad. He'll really show you some injuries and some situations and how it could have played out. And, and it will bring you right back to reality, to you being in a thankful and a merciful and just a grateful heart. It really will. And so I found myself and it switched it around and it was a beautiful thing. I found myself seeing people going through situations worse than mine and praying and, and sympathizing and grieving more for their situation than for mine's because I know what I'm going through with my level one situation. So I couldn't imagine what they're going through with their level 10. So all I can do is just pray and, and, and just, and that's it. A lot of times that's really, you know, all that I can do. You know, I, I learned growing up, you know, um, old churchgoers, you know, old spiritual, you know, healers and, and, and deacons and everyone I've encountered in my life. You know, the first thing they always say whenever there's anything negative going on in anyone's life, even positive is that, you know, I'm going to keep you in my prayers. And I'm going to pray for you and, or let me pray for you right now. And it's kind of, you know, when, with, with me, when I was younger, I would always say, cause it's a habit, you know, uh, I'm going to pray for you. I'll keep you in my prayers. And then I noticed that I really wasn't praying for people. And I don't think it was really because like, I didn't want to, it was because I didn't know how to. And I really, truly really didn't sympathize with what they were going on, going through because I still hadn't tapped into my compassionate area of my spirituality, I don't think I truly did because I was still in my very spoiled and uppity and bougie and just, you know, and privileged uh, part of my life. And I was just like, well, you know, it didn't happen to me. And it just sounds, and I'm telling him I'm praying for him. And I kind of did pray for him. I said it in my head. So God heard me and he heard me say, I pray for him. So he know that means that I'm praying for him. And that was, and, that, and that's, ve- and that was very selfish. And that's something I'm like, dang, so you did, but that's just a part of life. You know, that was a part of me growing, but you know, now I know the importance from my situations and from things I've been through that a prayer would really do for someone. So, you know, when they ask you, when, 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 when you see someone or when people come about and ask you to pray for someone, and I, I find myself now stopping and, and truly praying and truly saying a prayer. Even if I don't know the name of the person, even if I don't know the situation, truly, I don't know what really happened. If he pookie got, I don't shot and then I don't really care. I'm still going to send my prayer up 
And I'm going to say what I need to say because that's what it's, it's called for me to do at that current moment. And, that, and that's important. You know, understanding what the assignment is for you at that current moment. And there's an assignment in losing yourself. I don't, I don't think uh, it's hard to see it. <laughs> it ain't like it's going to be there. But a lot of times when you so-called quote unquote are losing, let's quote unquote it, losing yourself. It, 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 it really is the only way that God could kind of get your attention to find yourself. Like he has to cause some type of chaos. And I think we all learned that from the pandemic. The pandemic was God pretty much saying, hey, y'all, what's up? So listen, you guys have kind of been like tripping and I don't know if you know, but I, I kind of run everything <laughs> and you really haven't been acknowledging me anymore. So here I am. Let's get to praying. You're going to need me. It, it, it was a moment like that. So he's known to shake it up to get us to sit it down. So now, even when I feel like I'm having um, these losing myself moments, particularly this one in the last two weeks, I realized that I was not, I was once again falling short of my relationship with God. And I don't think like, I can't, I don't like to say falling short. I just say that I wasn't giving it the attention that I needed to give it. And we all do that. And I think, you know, me and my husband and um, our best friends and our future children's godparents, we sat and we talked when they visited us in Georgia a couple of like a month back about just old school church and, you know, just like how we feel so forced into it. And, you know, how now so many of us have a bad taste in our mouth about going to church because of all of the renditionly and the foolishness that was kind of like brought about it and even down to pain ties and so on and so forth. And I think that is a big factor that's playing in our generation, you know, that, you know, we think we really don't need to have, you know, any type of relationship that we don't even need to establish it and that we don't even establish it with the people that we have around us. Like, I don't need people around me that's like not having any type of nice type of spiritual relationship with God. Because when, when things go down, I need you to understand what the assignment is and what we need to be doing and what's right from wrong. And uh, people wonder why their lives are all in shambles and all over the place. And why you not getting this and getting that. And why your neighbors down here adding pieces to their house and buying brand new cars and their kids this and that and you just you over here struggling to pay your mortgage and stuff ain't going right and you wondering why and it's because you know you got all of these dang on fools around you got whole full-blown fools just hanging around you just 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 bang head bouncing just dancing around you so it's imperative that even when we're feeling that we're losing ourselves, that we also make a reassessment of the current people that are in our circle. Because sometimes that losing ourselves has a lot to do with outsiders. I have to say this. Outside people will cause more foolishness and lies and deceit than you could possibly conjure up yourself. It You you could have, be having a great, fantastic, a dippity-doo day, and you can get one phone call from, you know, one of your girls telling you something about something she don't heard about this, and your man was this place, and this, and this, and that, and boom, it's a whole situation going on. Bam. We, in a, we, we, we depressed, we pulling up on people at the salon, we yelling and we carrying on, we breaking passwords in the Instagrams, we doing all, now we crying, now we snot rolling down our nose in the car, we don't know what happened, we, we lose the control, I can't believe he did this, and it all was one phone call from someone who may not have even verified their information, who may have made the information up, 
and you thinking it's so much more bigger than this, but it's really God telling you, you need to fix, you need mm, this friend you got. Uh huh, baby girl, you need to reassess her because she got some she got some security breaches going on. She got some things she ain't healed about. And she she running around here carrying on a little red and 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 not green. And we don't like red. We like green. We like happy colors, yellows, greens. We don't like reds. We don't like blacks. When we talking about people's energies, we don't. I'm not a fan. No. So you know, I always reminiscing it to another made up word to the, to some below us. <clears throat> so. You know what I'm talking about. So it's it's important that you do your stop, drop, and roll. Um, you know, when you feel like you're losing yourself. And it and it it does, and you do count everybody around you. You do do a people count, you do do an inventory of your friends. You 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 just figure just figure out what's going on because there is a there's a breach in your energy. And I and that's what we need to realize. When there's a breach in our energy and it goes into a negative place, it is it's a security breach. So when you have a security when we have a security breach anywhere that you know, let's say, give an example, airport. Security breach at the airport, what they getting ready to do? They getting ready to check everybody. So that's what you need to do. You need to coordinate and operate your life like it is a airport. And all of the flights and the people that are coming in and out, whenever you have a security breach, need to be checked. You need to figure out what's going on. You need to do some questions and answers. You need to keep the communication up, especially when they're near and dear to your heart. And near and dear, the definition of near and dear to my heart for me is going to be people who know where you live, come in your house, have accessibility to your house, to your children, to things you walk and lay to your personal space that you see on a regular basis. These are people who are considered and could possibly be security breaches. And they have to be, you have to be doing spiritual welfare checks on them too, because they be going through stuff and then they bring you through stuff and you like well what is going on so it's all it's not a losing aspect we're not gonna and that's why i say it's actually just you finding you finding and you pushing and you molding yourself into who you need to be or who you already are needs to be better at for you to be in your god-given purpose that's what it's all about it's all intricate pieces that's going to lead you to that. Everything is a piece of that puzzle to that. So when you start having some raggedy pieces, you do have to make some adjustments. Um, I think that the the part that's really that I kind of had that that kind of has thrown me off in my journey and everything has been um, I'll say my moments of isolation, um, you know, and I used to think that it was me controlling it, but I know now that it's the that, that it's the higher of and it is that it's not me. Um, you know, because I'm I like I told you, I'm very particular about people who I keep around me and my family and my loved ones because I am a protector and I am mother bird and I don't need nobody coming over here causing no issues or none of that. So I think that the isolation part is in my intricate piece of my journey has been has been kind of a part where I sometimes feel like I'm losing. I'm losing myself because I'm so used to having someone to talk to. And now I'm just learning that I have to talk to either my husband or to, you know, to God or my husband. Those are my two people. And, you know, I mean, when it's only two people, you be feeling like they get tired of talking to you, like hearing from you, you like, dang. But you got to remember that these are intricate pieces, particularly husbands and wives are God-given intricate pieces. And if they are where they need to be and they are who they are supposed to be, they're never going to get tired of hearing. They're going to always want to hear because that's going to help them grow and be better to support you. And if you ever think God's tired of hearing you, come on now. We we, we don't even got to talk about that. We know he ain't tired of hearing this. We know. 
He's tired when he does not hear from us more per se. That's when he's kind of like, what's going on? But it's never hearing from you. It's never you talking to him. And I think and I want you to understand before we close our word out that um, you don't have to be this perfect person or this perfect prayer person or prayer um, to initiate a conversation with him. You know, your conversation with him does not have to be this full blown biblical scripture that you think it, it, it it's all personal. It's all based on you. So you're capable of talking and maneuvering with him the way that you feel comfortable. And it's a non-judgment zone. And I, even coming from me when I used to think it was a little raggedy how I'd be talking, when you get, you you know, as you continue to grow, it'll get, it will get much better. And it, and it, won't, it will get less raggedy. It's less like, ooh, child, get it together, you know? But it's starting. It's just the starting aspect. And, you know, if you feel like you're in a position where you are losing yourself and things are all over the place, as you may per se, they really are, are, are God trying to put them in the right place. And you're fighting against the grid, pretty much. That's what's happening. And you are trying to hold on instead of accepting it and stop dropping and rolling and figuring out and assessing what really truly is going on around you. And it's important that you do that because, you know, you have to be the best you to be the best you to everybody else. And, and I think that's where we kind of, we, we lose ourselves. We don't understand how we have to be 100 in order for us to be 100 to everybody else. You have to, because it, 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 you know, it takes a lot. It takes a lot to wear all the many hats that we wear. And, you know, you being spiritually where you need to be is what 100 is the definition of 100 for me. You being able to have those conversations, you being able to sit down and really like evaluate what's going on. That's what I want for you. That's what I pray for every one of my little baby cakes that listens, all of my family that listens, that you are. I want you to be that disciplined. I want you to be to have that because that's a gift. And that's going to put you in, in living a better life. And that's what this is about. This is about living our best, beautiful, luxurious like life that we can. And being able to control what's going on and not losing ourselves and learn from it and, and involve God and put him for that is a gift. So it's like, I'm, I'm just, I just letting you know, you just, you got to get it. You have to get it together. You got to do it for yourself for your children, for your husband, for your wife, for your spouse, for everyone around you, because it's going to help you be a better you. And it's going to be the best love story you could possibly share with anybody else. It's going to be such a great story to tell. When I was losing, well, thinking I lost myself and truly it was me finding God and finding myself in the right direction. So that's what it's about. So that was a great word. Woo! I turned the air off in my office. It is blazing. I'm in here on 90 degrees. It is woo, child. Because, uh, you know, when I'm ch- when I'm recording, I don't want the fan blowing. But I'm going to have to find a way, my baby, because, oh, my God, it's so hot in here. But anywho, just a th- couple of fun facts going on. Um, I appreciate y'all all. It's coming on Instagram. Like, where is these episodes? Remember, I am in the season of being more consistent. So why God is working on me? I, I don't want to step away. I got to step in. So, I, you know, I get the messages from you guys and I, I get on my put, pull my bootstraps up. Really, you know, we got to give a shout out to my husband. My husband 
is uh, awesome. He motivates me on a regular basis. Sometimes his motivation comes in a little hot, but you need it like that sometimes because it brings me back to reality. So I'm so grateful for him. But um, we will continue on with season three. Like I said, if you are not following me, please join me um, at my lovely family, on my Instagram family at nurse underscore Monroe. And I have great things in, in, in store for us. We're going to get back on to, you know, what we have planned, but just keep me and my peace, you know, in your prayers. And I'm going to keep yours and my prayers as, as well. And I just love you all to the moon and back in the stars, baby. So make sure that you are sharing this word. You are sending it out. You are regramming it. You can send me all type of comments, whatever you like to know about it, make sure you send it. And I look forward to reading it and getting it. And I want you to have a wonderful remainder of the week, the day, the evening, the moon, the sun, whatever you're at right now. I want you to enjoy it. And I look forward to talking to all of you wonderful people soon. And thank you for joining. And I love you. And bye.